Yeah, no, I said I was sorry that she couldn't do the things she wanted to do. And she actually just looked at me and she said, it doesn't matter. And I was like, I was so angry. And I was, I just wanted to shake her and say, what do you mean it, it matters? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Let it matter. But she was just like, it doesn't matter. The world has honestly missed out on the most incredible person. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people, one of the 29 clan groups that make up the Eora Nation. We acknowledge the traditional owners who are connected to this land and acknowledge their unbroken connection and sovereignty to all the lands that now make up Australia. We extend that acknowledgement to all of the traditional owners connected to the country you may be listening to this podcast from. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Before we get into today's episode, we do want to warn listeners there is some content that could be triggering for some people. If there's anything that's brought up today that affects you, know there is someone out there to listen. Make sure you call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome back to When We Grow Up the podcast where we ask where we've been to know where we're going. We're your hosts. I'm Marley Silva. And I'm Nico Hines. And today we are joined by the incredible Sue Ellen, who is the founder of Little Legs, a foundation we're going to talk a lot about today. But what is really special is knowing the fact, Sue Ellen, that you have never been on a podcast before. This is a First time you're having a taste of doing something like this, sitting here on the couch with us. Yes. You've been a little definitely. bit nervous. Very nervous. How, how do you feel about the setup though? Oh, it's fine. I'm very comfortable. I would have liked to have sat on that side though. Really? Yeah. Well, too bad it's my seat. So <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, actually before I ask you this question, Sue Ellen, but I'm going to call you Ellen. Are you? Off air, we spoke about <laughs> what do you get called, just Sue or Sue Ellen? And she's never been called Ellen before. No, never. So this is the first and only time you probably have got called Ellen. I'm going to call you Ellen. Nice to meet Ellen. you. Ellen. My name's Ellen. <laughs> the shaggy gates. Uh, a scale of one to ten. Yes. How are the nerves right now? I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. No, you guys are great. Uh, that's not a number. I need a number. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to go seven. Ooh, seven. Okay. okay. We'll bring that down yep. as we move on. I'm really, really honoured that you agreed to to do this because both Nico and I have been to separate Little Legs fundraising events this year and I think we were both really blown away by your strength, by your commitment to this cause that, again, we'll get into in a little bit. You know, we we got coffee before this and you also said that any opportunity to tell this story and particularly the story of your daughter Allegra is one that you'll you'll take with both hands. So Definitely. Yeah, thank yeah. you for making the time. No, thank you both for having me. You're welcome. Uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> we start all of these conversations yep. by reflecting on a win and a challenge from the week gone by. We want, we never put our guests in the hot seat first, you know, let you let you ease into it. So, Nico, I'll go to you. What is your win and challenge? Okay, so I'd like to start my challenge first. My challenge was I went to Newtown Jets um, home game because mm. it's our reserve grade team, the mm, Jets, yeah. and uh, we go to like to go and support the boys play and it was a big, big event on. Uh, the hill was full of supporters and they had the – Tents up with a lot of beer, the wine, and a lot of food. Don't think it was a beer and wine fest, but it was like I think it was their pride sort of round. Oh, cool. Don't quote me on that, people. But I took my dog, so I took my dog for the first time. I did not want to take him. I sort of did, but I was like, you know what? It's gonna be a lot of people, and he hasn't been around that many people at one time before. And Toby, my mate, my teammate, was like, no, let's bring him, let's bring him. And then he chased him around and had a bone in his mouth and grabbed him and shoved the bone out of his mouth. And he, he, anyway, we got him in the car. We took him. And he was running around having a great time because Toby's dog was there as well. And then for those of you that seen this happen, mm-hmm. and a couple of people didn't see it and I was a bit embarrassed by it. But so he had – we had some food and Toby gave him some bread and I was like, no, I don't feed him too much bread. Like I don't – dog fit getting full on bread. And Toby went to take the bread out of his mouth and he just went nuts. Like he seen red Braxton and I was <laughs> – and he started like he sort of bit Toby and then I whacked him. I said, no, you can't do that, Braxton. He started attacking me and he drew, drew blood out oh of me God. too. And, um, He's only three months old, FYI. Yeah, like, this is crazy. And like, I was so scared. I was like, "What am I going to do? Like, I don't want to 
dog that's going to be so aggressive and yeah. go after people. And I took him away from everyone and calmed him down. He was all good and he's been sweet ever since. But I'm pretty sure it was because Toby took a bone out of his mouth mm. 45 minutes earlier yeah, okay. and then took his like a sandwich out of his mouth 45 minutes later. So he was just fed up with people taking food out of his <laughs> mouth. But he's been great since. So I was, I've been a bit of a scared dog owner because I hate confrontation with dogs when they go after each other so i've always been like i don't think i want a dog but <laughs> this has been my first challenge with brax but my win would be i went on the mark Hughes foundation benny for brain cancer walk this morning to kick off the round in the nrl i know this will be a couple of weeks later from it but ironically we get to have a really good conversation with you now and your yeah. um troubles with brain cancer obviously and yeah, it was just cool to, to go experience that again. I love getting around that and the cause. It's a great cause and the, the round in the NRL. So all really good people have cool conversations on the walk too. And I know Marley's trekked it on mm. one of the walks and got on the pussy bus. But anyway, it was two just- two walks. <laughs> and on the second one that was for the Marcus, I did not get on the bus at all. Thank you very much. But yeah, so I get to have a really good conversation with you now. Mm, so I'm excited so. to hear more about it. But mm. Marley, what's yours? My challenge, can I say actually- Coming into this conversation and knowing that we do wins and challenges, I know of a, like a challenge that I felt this week and a bit of a down moment and whatever, but I think because I know this story that I'm going to hear from you, we're going to share, like every challenge feels like nothing in comparison. And so I think that, you know, I want to be honest in the sense that I like know in the scheme of things the little bumps in the road that we have really mean nothing and I think we share them on this show because it's a way of kind of just pushing it aside going you know that was not a nice moment or I didn't feel good in that moment but you know life goes on and we're gonna be okay my challenge is so stupid it's really dumb so well and like I feel embarrassed that I'm even saying this to you please don't be on Saturday I, I said this to you Nico I was um going out with my friends and I changed my outfit about 10 times and I just was having one of those days where I listened to another podcast called Celebrity Memoir Book Club. There's these funny American girls who are comedians and they talk about having an ugliest girl in the world attack where you're just like <laughs> having a day when you feel rubbish and you think you're the ugliest girl in the world. And I said to Nico, I'm having an ugliest girl in the world attack. And it was just so stupid, but it was really frustrating me. And I've just been really like, I don't know, maybe just having like a weird moment with either how I look or like what my clothes are like at the moment and I was feeling rubbish about myself but I said it out loud and then that's how I got let it go and I feel a lot better now but that was my challenge for the week and my win was spending some really quality time with a few different groups of friends yes friends plural Nico I do have them over the weekend I got to see some people I don't get to see that often and just like making the effort to go and see them and spend time together and, and do something fun is something that I think that I have a tendency to kind of push to the back of priorities. So I'm very glad that I did that and had a good weekend. I was very glad I done that good. too and then didn't have to put up you in my house all weekend. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know this well and we also live together. Uh, I, yeah, I yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we've spoken enough already. <laughs> What's your win and challenge of the week? Well, can I pick today as both? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can do what you You're want. You're not going to tell yeah. me well, I can't. Your <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> well, it's a win because I'm here and obviously I get to share my daughter and mm. her story. And then it's also a challenge for me because I think when you feel so much about, you're so passionate about something, you're always mindful that you're going to get something wrong along the way. Right. And I always just have her in the back of my mind and I always want to do her proud yeah. because really she should be here telling her own story. Um, and the greatest representation of someone is actually themselves. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. And I struggle with that because – and even uh, even just because – I don't know. It's hard. It's all hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's all hard, even through the laughs and mm. the events we obviously have and all the rest of it. At the end of the day, we're always going home without her. So that's yeah. my challenge. I think that's my life's challenge yeah. now. Yeah, well, Maybe not just today, yeah. but yeah, yeah. And just that, so you that's know, the reality. I know I gave you some shit about being nervous, <laughs> but you're in a really, really safe place right yeah. now. Yeah, I know. I we know. want you to feel as comfortable as you can and it's your story to tell and regardless of how you tell it, she's going to be very proud of you for coming yeah. out of here and talking to us and yeah. inspiring a lot of people who are going to be listening. So, yeah, well, obviously thanks for coming on, but 
yeah, you're in a safe place right now and hopefully we can make it make you feel no, at I ease. I feel that definitely, yeah. yeah. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, and thank you for coming and sharing um, in however way that unfolds today because, yeah. yeah, it is, as you said, so hard. And I, I'm also conscious of the fact, you know, this show is called When We Grow Up. Yeah. And we, with our guests, always get them to reflect on what their younger selves would think and, and co- quite aspirational and, and, you know, talk about what they would tell their younger selves now and, and all this kind of stuff. And the fact of the matter is today the story that we're going to tell is is about your daughter who, you know, is robbed of the chance to grow up. Yeah, definitely. And I think that in, you know, to set the context then for listeners, what today is about is talking about the life and legacy of Allegra and what the work that you're doing now with Little Legs to hopefully help other children who are diagnosed with brain cancer have the chance to grow up. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's half of, well, I'm not going to say half, I'm not going to measure it. Mm. It's part of what drives us each day to continue her legacy, the fact that she isn't given the opportunity to do so herself. And she was here for six years and obviously six years are not enough, but I just think life took that away from her and it's my job as her mum to make sure she lives on and we do that through the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I asked you to share a few photos um, that we will speak to and, um, Nico, you're on the controls. Pardon? You're on the controls. That is right, everybody. I'm on the controls because I'm the alpha of this podcast. There was a fight for it. No, there wasn't. (laughs) No. Well, you're you're a mum of three kids so you you probably were ready to step in and um, stop the fighting if it happens. But. Can I just say I love that you said that? Yes. That I'm a mum of three kids. You are. You always will be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely very it, conscious. That troubles it. some people sometimes. What are Molly? Oh, just <laughs> proud of you for that. <laughs> so the first photo we're going to bring up is of your three children. Ah, oh, yes. Hold on a sec. Just to reinforce, I'm on the controls. I'm he's the got boss. a keyboard and he's flicking. So we, it's the first seen, time we've had control of bringing up the photos. Have you ever seen, uh, what's it called, Rob Deerdeck? Do you know that show? Oh, yes. Um, Ridiculousness. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yeah, that's me on there the right controls. now. I'm in control. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, without further ado. <laughs> yes. They are. The, this Three photo. Three beautiful children. Yes. And, yeah, why don't you start by telling us who we see there um, and at what point in time this was. Okay, so this would have been well, we were at our old house. So this was probably a year before she was diagnosed, so 2015. Mm-hmm. Allegra's our eldest. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have Emanuela and Strat. Yeah, yeah. Three beautiful babies there. Yes. And uh, it's I hate that they don't have more photos together, to yeah. be honest with you. That's one thing. I think people should take from this. You can't have enough photos. Yeah. And that's the truth. But they're my saving graces. Yeah. Most definitely. And tell us, you know, what, like you said, it's it's a year before Allegra was diagnosed. Yeah. What, what was life like then? You guys are just a regular family going through the motions? Yeah, just regular. Um, to be honest, you don't, you forget mm. what life was like without, the pain of even just the diagnosis. I think just massive denial. You'd never think something bad's going to happen to your child. Like we always have our worries and all the rest of it, but even like you'll go, I don't know, on their bikes and you're not really going to anticipate them falling over, but if they do, like you can make it better. Yeah. Uh, Allegra, she um, she didn't even have many symptoms. It was just the one symptom. Mm-hmm. Um, which was just a slight face, facial paralysis. Mm-hmm. So when she smiled, her smile just kind of went more to one side. But even with that, it was just like, okay, well, there's obviously something wrong. We'll go to the doctor. It'll get fixed. And for a couple of months, we thought we were helping her. And then you get the diagnosis. Well, yeah, you don't think your kid's going to get sick, right? And then they're going to get cancer. And then it's going to be brain cancer. It was just like one thing after another and then you think, okay, well, my child has brain cancer but there's no way she's not going to make it. Yeah. I probably still live in denial sometimes, to be honest with you. I don't know if that's a coping mechanism um, or what, but anyway, we were very happy and happy looks very different now. Yeah. We don't take any happiness away from our other children. We have our critics. (laughs) It's unfortunate that I can measure them using both my hands. 
but um, a lot of what we do is for them as well, mm-hmm. most definitely. Just keeping her alive yeah. for them, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I'm interested you say that you have critics. Is that people? Uh, people openly telling me that maybe I should concentrate on the children that are here and mm. not the one that's not. That's why I said to you, I love that you said I'm a mum of three. So like I've said, she was robbed of her life. Mm. Why would I just Why would I just stop being her mum? Like mm. that makes no sense to me. No. Do you know no, what I mean? That makes no sense. I feel that people say things thinking they're helping, but mm. obviously mm. they're not. And I assume it all comes from a lovely place. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I just don't see, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't understand. We'll, we'll get into that when we talk about so the establishment of the foundation and I guess the yeah. challenges that come with, with having a public face when you're talking mm. about this enormous hole that now exists in your life. Yeah. But I'd love to know, you know, looking at these these three um, babies, what was Allegra like as a big sister? Oh, uh, the best. Yeah. She was always the one to make them laugh, always the one to console them as mm-hmm. well. They absolutely adored her and still do. Yeah, they talk about her every day. Mm. Like they're just, um, they really are, even though they have been separated, they truly are inseparable. Yeah. Yeah. And what was Allegra like? What did she love? Oh, look, she was just the kindest little girl, sharks. honestly. She mm. loved the sharks. Yes, she chose her very own team. <laughs> um, yeah, she absolutely adored them. She loved the Little Mermaid, so it was kind of fitting. I loved the Little Mermaid. Yeah, too. yeah. Ariel was her favourite princess. She honestly had an old soul so she would find she would could wouldn't, could not walk into a room without greeting everyone and then she couldn't leave a party um <laughs> without saying goodbye to everyone something her father hated because <laughs> he's like the first back door see you later yeah. and she was like and even if she thought she forgot someone and we were in the car we had to go back oh. yeah just uh, she was very fair though she was very fair especially with the siblings mm. I remember she, um, or they would try and obviously play with her things and obviously she was just only a couple of years older than her sister but mm. um, obviously at those different ages they play with different things. And she'd never fight with them. She, her, she would just say to them, like she'd just reason with them yeah. and it was it was weird because she was three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And she'd just be like, oh, like would you like it if I touched your things? Yeah. <laughs> and then they'd be like, probably thinking, what the hell is she saying? <laughs> and I'm like, no. And she's like, well. Yeah. And then the, everyone would just move on. Like How mature. Was, she, yeah, she was very, very mature for yeah. her age, yeah. So we've got to talk about why she became a Sharks supporter. Oh, yes. Because you were saying to us your husband is a dragon. He is a dragon, born and bred. Um, he lived in the St George area. So she came home from preschool in March of 2016, so the season had just started, and she said to her dad, look, um, I don't think I want to be a dragon anymore. And Marino was very upset. <laughs> Are you uh, kidding me? <laughs> what do you mean? There is no other team. <laughs> and then she said, look, a friend of mine actually said at school today that I need to be a bulldog if I'm going to be her friend. Yes. To which Marino, oh, so are you a yeah. bulldog? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so for the fleeting moment, <laughs> yeah. we had ever. Hold yeah, on a second. Just, a you thought. just said you're a bulldog. In our latest podcast, oh. you literally just said that you've changed to be a shark. Yeah, I know. But I still, of course, have, uh, oh. have a little bit you of You can't a- say yes and then you just told our every listener that uh. listens to us that you're a shark now. Yes, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So what are you? I am a shark now. Oh. Yes. Okay. I mean, I just like, you know. Yeah, just picking like- and choosing when she's a shark or a bulldog. <laughs> Well, much like Allegra, right? Yeah, People exactly. Please, uh, exactly. <laughs> I'll only allow it just because of Allegra right now. Okay, but there you go. Marley, I've got to have a word to you after this. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, um, as you were. Yeah, her, so her friend obviously said you need to be a bulldog. So she was torn when she came home that um, afternoon. And I said to her, look, at the end of the day it's up to you. You do what you want to do. Do you want to be a dragon? Do you want to be a bulldog? And she's like, no, nah, I don't want to be either. Mm-hmm. She goes, I want to be a shark. Yes. And, yeah, that's the year they were premiers. So I always thought she was kind of their lucky yeah, charm. But yeah, and definitely. hopefully a lucky charm for this year now. We've Yeah, definitely. We've brought it to light again. That's yep. right. Manifest yeah, it so. now. Yeah, why not? Mm, yeah. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. That's that's really cool. And it, it is nice to, yeah, get a bit of a picture of the the kind of person that she was. Can I ask, did she have a dream or what did she want to be when she grew up? If, a teacher. Teacher, school teacher. Mm, yeah, nice. I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. yeah, she did. And hearing her being that real fair, fair yeah. person, good yeah. diffusing the situation, she yeah. would have been an amazing I teacher. always think that like when young kids want to be a teacher when they grow up, it speaks volumes of who they are mm. because they just want to help people. And, yeah. You know what For I mean? For sure. So Definitely. I think that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 
So the point of diagnosis, which you kind of touched on. Yeah. When did you start noticing that, as you said, that one symptom? So it was October 2016. It was just like when I'd take photos of her mm. more so and then just kind of looking back at them as you do through your phone. Yeah, I said to Marino, I said, look, I don't know, it just, it just something just felt off for me. So we did take her to the GP mm. and the GP said to us, oh, she's got Bell's palsy. Mm. which I understood because after I actually gave birth to her, I got Bell's palsy. Oh, it's wow. apparently a very common post-childbirth. Yeah. body obviously just goes into some sort of a shock without mm-hmm. realising. And, yeah, like I was on steroids. Like, yeah, I, like it, it took me months to recover from it. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like that was enough for me. Then she was doing like acupuncture. We did, did like face exercises and things like that. Mm-hmm. Then December was nearing, well, it was December, sorry, and we had organised to go like on a family holiday with Marino's family for Christmas. And I just said to Marino, look, I think I'm just going to take her back. Like it's not any better, but it wasn't any worse either. Anyway, he was like, you're being ridiculous. I'm like, no, 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 whatever. Let me just take her back. We took her and our GP said, look, maybe we should just send her for an MRI. Still, I'm massive denial, right? I'm like, okay, whatever, book her in for an MRI. So we went the next morning and I don't even think we made it out of the MRI. My GP had already called me on my phone. Mm. But in saying that, I'm a very nervous person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I still thought in my head, oh, she's calling me just to ease me. Like She was like, well, come in to surgery and we'll have a chat. I was like, oh, okay, cool. She just wants to tell me everything's mm. okay. My GP had an MRI. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you imagine a five-year-old little girl yeah. in an nuts. MRI and yeah. awake? Yeah. 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 Especially on your yeah. head, like that's nuts. Yeah. So I went back to the GP, she opened the door and she I could tell she had been crying. My heart absolutely sank and she just said, oh, look, I've called ahead, the children's hospital is waiting for you. And still I'm like, like cancer just didn't, did not factor in. At all. And I said, okay. Anyway, I'd obviously driven to the GP. I called Marina. I said, look, I don't think I can actually drive. Can you come get us? So he came, got us. We went to Ramwick, Sydney Kids, yep. And then they wanted another MRI. They needed to put the dye in, obviously, because they hadn't done that the first time round. We were met with, well, we're in emergency still. But this stage I'd called my parents. My sister was there too. So they hung out with her. And this doctor said, oh, we've got to, like, see you in another room so I'm like okay mind you it is like a quarter of the size of this room Mm. it's the smallest room like it it feels like a panic room and they fill it with 20 other people (laughs) like it's like they come in with a team and it's uh, like now looking back on it there's just so much that needs to change Mm. but when you're in that moment I think you're obviously still in shock as well you have a doctor telling you that she's got something that's not going to see her through to her next birthday. So she had just turned 5 September and you're still in denial because it's like, okay, we need to obviously speak to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't good enough. So she had DIPG, which is diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma, which is probably the worst of the worst. Something I didn't admit to even like to myself, like back then. It's in your brainstem. So the best way that it was described to us was it's like a cabling. So you've got your cable and inside are like all your, it's basically all your vitals. So your breathing, your heart rate. And this tumour, whilst Allegra's did have a focal component, the majority of it was intertwined in all the cabling. So the only thing that they offer you is radiotherapy. So... Marino and I, while we were there with Allegra, we we obviously then family started finding out and all the rest of it. My sister was to be married two weeks later. She cancelled her wedding. Yeah, whilst we were in there, people were like, oh, you need to find Charlie Teo. And whilst we had heard of him, obviously never really taken much note of who he was and what he did and all the rest of it, we were like, okay, we'll find him. At the Sydney Kids, they're all connected, all the hospitals. So he was at Prince of Wales Private at that time. They talk about... False hope, especially with Charlie. Mm. And I just don't think that there is such a thing no. as false hope. You're always going to live in hope that you're going to find a better solution to anything. Okay, I should just put a disclaimer in that when I'm speaking, I'm 
it's obviously my opinion, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to offend anyone and obviously other people have gone down different roads yeah, and all the sure. rest of it, things have worked out, not worked yep. out. Everyone has their own journey. I'm very mindful of that. But I think when a doctor like looks at you, it's not their fault because obviously you cannot win with me it, yeah. in this situation, yep. right? Yeah. I'm always going to hate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. So if a doctor's looking at me, no emotion, telling me, you know, just take her home and maybe go on a holiday if you want, but yeah. If I'm able to seek someone else, even if his opinion was exactly the same, there shouldn't be a drama. No. Do you know what I mean? I Not think that's all. my yeah. right as this child's parent. You do anything you can. To be able to get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Yep. When the opinion I'm being given isn't isn't for me yep. personally. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, obviously we were adamant, so we called the office and this is now 21st of December, so everyone's on holidays, right? Mm-hmm. The doctors at Sydney Kids were telling us, oh, don't bother with him. He's always out. He's always on holiday. Oh, he's always overseas, mm. like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we rang. We spoke to his beautiful receptionist, Lane. And she's like, yeah, I'm in the office. I'm always in the office. I'll direct you. Bring up her disc. So we took it up. That afternoon we met with Charlie. Wow. Charlie said there is a focal well, – he obviously was – he was very honest with us mm. about what she had. There was a focal component, so he could remove that focal component. Yeah, that we went with that option, obviously. So, so when you're describing a focal component, is that a mass? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah sorry. The cancerous mass. Yeah, that's right, yeah, um, which is obviously still attached to, to all the, the rest of yeah. it that's intertwined, yeah. but he's able to remove that. So whilst I don't know that we'll ever know, did he buy her more time? Mm-hmm. Because I should say DIPG has a prognosis of nine to 12 months. Did he buy her more time? I don't know. But what I do know now coming out of this and obviously going down the road of a foundation and needing to fund researchers and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. without some sort of biopsy, you don't know what the tumour is. Yeah, There's hundreds of different types and everyone has their own individual tumour. So there's no way of fighting it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless someone has been able to go in and remove some of it mm. so it can be tested. It's like it's just a ripple effect. Mm. If you're like I just don't understand how you can put these kids in a basket. It's just like too hard. Stats haven't changed in over 35 years. Yep. There's obviously funding happening. Clearly it's not going to the right people. Sorry. Like yeah. do you know what I mean? I think yeah. there has to come a point. I know I'm chopping and changing. No, but no. there has to come a point where, okay, Everyone needs to admit this isn't working. Did you – I'm just guessing you would have asked all these questions, but, like, <laughs> why is this happening to my daughter? Like, how does a brain tumour just randomly pop up? Like, They don't have an answer. It just yeah. happens. It's not genetic. We no. all got tested just for know. anything that we may have all shared yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, they actually just don't know, and that's what I can't understand. So brain cancer kills more children in Australia than any other disease, yeah. more young adults than any and how, other cancer. how do we not know why yet? Yeah. It's a so unfair. Million dollar question, this can't right? Happen to yeah. families and people like it's. I just don't get it. Yeah, me neither. And we're living the nightmare. So, yeah. um, yeah. Nick, I might get you to bring the next photo up, which you said to me when you sent it was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, and honestly, it gave me. I don't know, goosebumps the right word, but it certainly made me feel very emotional for you. It's you. Are you going into? Surgery. surgery yeah and I think like just for a bit of my own personal context well and mm-hmm. whenever I hear stories like this sorry I'm gonna get emotional no, for you know. but um, please do not apologize ever when you lose someone you really care about to cancel there's so many unanswered questions yeah. and then some of the worst part is the treatment and watching them yeah. go through that and I just like just knowing like a really close family friend of mine died of melanoma and she had leptomeningeal melanoma, which ends up being this kind of like a film of cancer over your brain. And it has completely changed me as a human being and her family and everything. And I just, I can't even imagine what it was like for you to watch your beautiful daughter go through that. And I just think like, to hear you say like going through that process and the things haven't changed in the in the research and all this sort of stuff, it just must be so infuriating for you oh, and, definitely. and yeah. devastating. But and sorry, I um yeah. 
looking at this photo of you and Allegra about to go in, like when you look at it now, what was going through your head? I was scared. Mm-hmm. I think it just comes back to obviously being her mum and, um, you know, when they fall over you can kiss it and make it better. And it was just that feeling of having to surrender her, I suppose, to what was actually happening and um, to the hands of someone else who needed to fix her. And then, I don't know, I even just love her face in this. Just she had no idea, which is how we kept it anyway. Um, We never told her exactly what she had. She just always thought she had Bill's palsy. There were so many times that she would just wake up crying. She was obviously in pain or I don't even know what was going through her head half the time. Yeah, she just didn't let the disease define her, Mm. if that makes sense. But, yeah, like even her just waking up in the middle of the night being really upset and she'd be crying saying, I wish I didn't have Bill's palsy. And in my head I was like, I wish you did. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it was just so, it was just a constant battle of emotions. But, yeah, it's a child though, right, innocent? Yep. But. Yeah. This might be off topic, but how come you have to wear the white and the... the I don't know. They just prep you like that to Hygiene. just take her so in. Were That's you in all there I did. the no. whole time? No. Oh, God, no. 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 I just took her in and then it was until she went under, like the anaesthetic, obviously, and then I left. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so this is when Dr. Charlie Tilo. Yes, this is when he operated on her. And how was how was he through the process? Um, fantastic. All? He like we're still very good friends yeah. with him. Look for him. He she was Allegra. Mm-hmm. She wasn't just another kid that got diagnosed. He was just he was mindful of being in the moment. I think as well. Yeah. With her. Do you think going through yeah, I guess a health journey like this, there is that maybe disconnect sometimes where. Yeah, like what you guys, I guess what you're describing is Allegra being seen as a patient versus as a human. And I always wonder about, yeah, sort of that ripple effect and and going through that journey as a family as well, like you're going through that treatment too. How important is that support? And do you think that that's spoken enough about families? No, it's probably not. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And um, like I've said, it's something that keeps coming up. Mm. Like it's not just our experience, it's others that. Uh, yeah, agree with us. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot needs to change in that aspect. I just don't know that that's my fight though. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's just an important part to point out. Definitely. And like I said, no one's ever going to win with a parent if they're being told no. yeah. such devastating news. And I'm once I'm very try to be very mindful of everything, but in saying that, that's also not my responsibility and no. we can't apologise for getting emotional mm. and, yeah, for seeking something better. Can I ask, and I could be completely off topic here or, or not, but like I've heard in circumstances in like these where sometimes families or the mother or the father look at their children and can't really look at them, like your other children while you're going through this and or they, they resent their children because they want to be there for the, your daughter or because they're going through so much like your daughter reminds you see them in, you know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. do you know how like there's just such a, I don't know how to explain it, but like, how was your other kids through this and your hubby and did you like avoid them at certain times because you just wanted to be in the hospital the whole time or could you, you know um, what I mean? I don't know how to explain that. No, what I know I'm what you're say. saying. So we've always had a really good support network and we had just moved into the same suburb as my parents, mm-hmm. so they were always pretty much on call. The other two were very young, so Allegra was, well, she was five diagnosed, mm-hmm. which means the others were three and two. Mm-hmm. In saying that, they remember things yeah, well. from back then, especially when we brought her home the last time. Yeah, they remember things and they reflect on a lot when it comes to her. And I think because we've always kept her... Okay, I don't even know how I'm going to answer this question. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't really ask the question very No, well, but, but I understand yeah. where you're going. Are you asking if they feel not left out? Yeah, like sort of yeah. would you sometimes like... I can't even, like I love you guys so much, but I can't look at you right now. Like I've just, mm. you know, I'm just. But you know, no, it's not so much that. No, definitely not mm. that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I do find is the kids have probably gotten away with a lot more. Yeah, right. Mm. Than what they would have, because yeah. I suppose we've been 
as low or, yep. as this yep. if they play up a bit. Like if anything, they've gotten away with a lot. Because mm. yeah. it changes your perspective because you worry about how much time you have together, right? Well, exactly, that too. And I'm not going to spend the time fighting with them. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? For yeah. me, it's just like, okay, we'll obviously discuss it. I'm not going to completely ignore something. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, um, we're e- we move on from yeah. things a lot easier. Yeah. My son, so he was only two and a half when she passed. He's probably the most um, sensitive to having lost Allegra. Mm. My Emanuela has taken on like a double sister role. Mm. She was always very motherly. Yeah. That was just her character. He hates it. Mm. And I actually say to Marina, good luck when he gets a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have trouble. They've only yeah. got the year apart, right? Yeah. So, um, she protected. Yeah, she like just and just dotes over him. Like mm. she, they'll, we'll pick him up from school and she's carrying his bags. And I'm like, no, he can carry his own bags. <laughs> That's so cute. But, yeah, he he's the boy with the big questions. So he has asked, you know, why doesn't she get to get married? Like that's obviously how he, like instead of saying why isn't she still here, it's like yeah. why doesn't she get to be married and have a family? And it's always questions I can't answer. Yeah. I think it's only been this year that he hasn't cried for her every night. Oh. Yeah. He gets he gets good help. But, yeah, he's, I don't know, it's always like at that sleep time We'll always say a little prayer to her every night. Mm-hmm. Even today, he's, he's you know, he's my biggest fan. They both are. They all are. But today, because he knows how nervous I get, yeah. and I probably don't make it not obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually said to me today, you got this. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, <laughs> you can't just say that. Oh. And he's like, no, you got this. He goes, you love talking about Allegra. I go, yeah, I do. And then he's like, just remember She's always with you. And I said, yeah, I know she is. Like, Mm. thank you. He's like, no, she's on you. You've got her fingerprint. And when she passed, so I did my fingerprint and her fingerprint as a love heart and they blew it up obviously and I got a tattoo of it. But the odd thing about this child is like I did that six years ago. Yeah, wow. And it's like nothing now. Like I don't even think, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that he... Like he just holds on to everything and yeah. I love the fact that he sees meaning in everything yes. and there's a purpose. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Wow. Um, so and I think we've taught them that as mm. well with what we're doing. Mm. That's why the foundation is very much about all of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And it can often be like we always look at kids as being sort of that super vulnerable and definitely but they can often be our places yeah. of strength yeah yeah so definitely that's an amazing yeah. perspective before we just yeah get on to sort of where the foundation and stuff came from so after this surgery am i right in saying that allegra was able to start kindergarten yes that was like her biggest thing. Yeah. Of all the three kids, she's the only one that actually wanted to go to school. <laughs> yeah. She was prepped like when she was one. Like yeah. she was just, that's just what she always spoke about and that's probably why she wanted to be a teacher as well. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, she was very excited. We had already bought her uniform and all the rest of it, so she had all that set up. And then she started in January. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kindy. And she loved it. So, but while she was starting out was when she was doing treatment. Okay. So we would pick her up. She made sure that all the appointments were always after school. <laughs> so she didn't, never missed a day of school. We picked her up like like 3 o'clock, whatever it was, and just went straight to Ramwick and that's where she had her radiotherapy. So she had 30 treatments consecutively like during Monday to Friday. So it went for like 30 days. Yeah, that were hard, especially at, well, first prepping her for treatment. So I don't know if you've seen they have put apply like a mask, mask over yeah, you. Yeah, I've seen that. It starts off as a flat board, which is then somehow softened, which I don't know how soft it was. Mm. I don't think it was that soft. And then obviously because they, they're not allowed to move, obviously, because radiotherapy is very targeted. Mm. Most kids her age and even older were put to sleep every day. Allegra didn't want to get put to sleep. Mm. She was a very focused child. Mm. She's a Virgo, so very organised. Okay, there you go. Very organised. That's why she just had everything kind of set out so she was determined to get through it obviously scared the crap out of her as well at the same time yeah just getting that mask put onto your face and literally pushed and molded onto it that was a really hard day and Mm. her oncologist said it normally takes kids three to four days 
I actually feel like saying, how is there not a better way? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like if you're anticipating three to four days of this. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. She started treatment. She had to be in a room by herself, which even though I do understand at that point, I really don't give a crap if I get somehow affected by the, do you know what I mean? Like anyway, so she was just on a big metal bed, lay down with a mask bolted into the table that she was lying on. But she did, I think it was like maybe 20 to 30 minutes at a time. And we would speak to her over the mic. She'd pick stories for us to read to her, like as she got more comfortable, obviously. But she got through it. She didn't, she obviously had her symptoms, but it was just, she just took everything in her stride. Like she was such a strong little girl. So from the point of diagnosis to when she passed away, was it 10 months? 10 months, that's right. So after she finished radio, her smile then went back to normal. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, so she had the op and then, yeah, her smile went back to normal and we were like, this is obviously working and it was. She had seen the doctors end of July for her checkup. Um, she saw Charlie as well, so they went through all her scans. Um, they liked to look at them from the very first to the very end instead of just kind of what happened last time. And it had significantly reduced. Yeah, well. So we were all like, yeah, like we're winning, right? Yeah. Took her home. A week later, she just woke up screaming. And we were just like, "What's?" Wrong? I thought maybe she was having a nightmare. Like, and she's like, "No, my back really hurts." So we gave her Panadol, Nurofen. Um, sorry, my heart is beating so yeah, fast. Yeah. But um, yeah. So we gave her the Panadol, Nurofen, and she, it just wasn't working. So I called the hospital. That yeah, they they suggest. So this is the thing with when kids get sick, right? That's their only choice. Even though she was operated privately, even ICU, she had to go into ICU Sydney Kids. I don't understand the logic behind it. You have to go in there and you can then be moved on or you're there. So after she was operated on, they wanted her to stay. Charlie said, get her out of there. So she only stayed one night in ICU which freaked us out mm. because my child's just had brain surgery. How are we yeah. going home the next day? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Charlie was on call. That was all fine, yeah. him and his fellow. It was just they were just trying to push drugs on her, yep. to be honest with you. They had, the, the station nurse had a list of drugs. She needs this, she needs that. And we're talking to Charlie on the phone and he's saying, don't let them give her anything. She doesn't need anything. She's only going to need a steroid like for the inflammation mm. for a few days. And they're going, no, she has to be on it for months. That's why if you see photos of some children, their, their face blows yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were just like, anyway, we obviously had all our trust in Charlie. And I was saying to him, so why, she's t- like obviously my kids had brain surgery. Mm-hmm. She needs medication. And he's like, no, your brain has no nerve endings. She has no pain from her brain. Oh, wow, yeah. The only thing would be the little incision incision. that he did behind her ear. Mm. Does that not blow your mind? Yeah. Yeah. You don't even think about that. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, we're getting out of here. Mm. Like the next day, the the first 24 hours are obviously crucial. She needs that support. Yeah. But we were gone. Mm. Right. Yeah, well. Sorry, I deflected. No, that's all right. But when Allegra's back was hurting a few yes okay so yeah her back was hurting we spoke to the head nurse of oncology because she was considered an outpatient and she said uh it's fine give her oh what was that i think it's pain away yeah oh, yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. i remember thinking why am i giving her something that like mus- yeah muscular <laughs> yeah wow. and i'm like okay so we gave it, vo- it to it's her not voltaren is it yeah Kind of same vibe. Yeah, I think it is similar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, anyway, then she tried getting out of bed the next morning and she was hunched over. She couldn't straighten her back up. So I took her to our GP and she's like, well, this is clearly not normal. Mm. I'm still in denial. And she said, just take her to Sydney Kids. So we went back to emergency. Her oncologist came through again with his 50 people and he said, oh, we're going to need to have another chat. So this room just becomes like the, I actually Trauma. don't want to go in that room, yeah. thanks. I'll be Trauma. right, I'll stay out here. And um, they give you like this little tissue box. 
And then obviously you have your social worker looking at you, thinking they're going to solve your problems. Like, I know I'm being mean, but it's true. But can I say, I know that you are, you keep doing this thing where you're sort of conscious of, of whatever, but yep. that rawness and that vulnerability, like you said, this is your opinion, your perspective and whatever. I think it's important for people who haven't been through this to hear that there's so much in the process and the whole experience that the most of us don't hear or no, understand. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, again, people will be able to hear in your voice and the way that you're telling it that how hard this is and, and maybe think about some areas where it could be a little bit easier. Definitely. So I think that's yeah. important and, yeah, you don't need to worry about sounding upset because I think any no, of us who no. hear someone who has to go through this, like, fire out, I don't even know how you can, you know, have any kind of positivity in your yeah, life. You so can't. it's a big no, it's journey. true. Yeah. Very true. So, yeah, so they had sent her for an MRI and that's mm-hmm. when the doctor came to see us again and he said, it's not good. And we were like, what are you talking about? We were here last week. You told us she was doing so well. Mm-hmm. How has something changed? And he said, no, it seems that a cell had um, become aggressive and had actually fallen into her spinal fluid. And there's nothing that can be done. We spoke to Charlie and his fellow as well and... They were in a grants. It had obviously gotten to the point that um, they couldn't help her. So they wanted us to stay. They said, look, it's it's escalating. So I think she needs to stay in over the weekend because she's not going to make it through. Um, and I was like, no, I really don't want to be here. Um, I'd rather her come home and we'll deal with it then, there. Um, I want her siblings, obviously. Yeah. Like, And I just want her, if it's going to be the end, Um I wanted to be in her own house. Sorry. You're right. Um, anyway, so they sent um, a whole team of people to check that we were okay to look after her and all the rest pisses you off as well because it's like, anyway, everyone's got a job to do, right? We took her home. They told us she had a couple of days. She was with us for seven weeks. Wow. So... And I honestly believe if we had stayed in hospital, she probably wouldn't have stayed so long. One question her brother always asks is, did she know she was going to die? The answer is, for me, no. Mm-hmm. Um, we never told her. She could obviously feel her body shutting down. So she ended up being paralysed, like from obviously her back hurting. She was in a wheelchair. We had a hospital bed at home and... Slowly, obviously, she wasn't able to move other parts of her body. So even her neck at one point, she was just stationed in one position. I think she's probably the most intelligent person I've ever met for her age. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm her mum. Yeah, yeah. So I can't imagine she didn't know. Yeah. And I f- think it's something that we'll only understand when we're yeah. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. In saying that, I did say to her one night that I was really sorry that she wasn't able to do the things she loved because she loved to draw, Um, even just the remote control, like holding it. And that's when I realised, shit, this is serious. Like she couldn't press onto what show she wanted to watch. Yeah. What was I saying? Oh, God. Yeah, no, I said I was sorry that she couldn't do the things she wanted to do. And she actually just looked at me and she said, it doesn't matter. And I was like, I was so angry. And I was, I just wanted to shake her and say, what do you mean it it matters? (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? Let it matter. But she was just like, it doesn't matter. The world has honestly missed out on the most incredible person. Um, And I hate the people don't get to meet her. And that's what drives me as well because I want everyone to know her. And if this is how it obviously had to work out for her, it's my job to continue her life yeah, and make her passing actually mean something Fathers, I'm not going to apologise because you both should be very upset right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
No. <laughs> but do you know I, what I mean, mean like, I'm so like I've always felt like oh, I'm so sorry, but no. I can't apologize for my reality. No, and yeah. I'm so sorry that's your reality because no. it's bullshit. It's just so unfair and like it's unfair for her. Look, I don't yeah, actually care about how I feel. Yeah. I'm fine with not being able to sleep at night. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm fine because that's when, anyway, every other thought in the world obviously comes in once everything goes quiet and everyone's in their positions, everyone else is asleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with all that. My issue is that she was promised a good life. And like I said, six years is not enough. She was promised to be able to have an opportunity to become the teacher she wanted to become to become the mum she wanted to be as well. She was in love. She had a boyfriend. <laughs> I know it sounds so ridiculous and I would not normally um, <laughs> have allowed this at such a young and tender age. But because she had honestly such an old soul, she was absolutely in love with this boy Paris and he was in love with her. Aww. They met at preschool. Um I speak to his mum still to today and still today he draws and he always places a daisy in all his drawings. It's actually the most beautiful thing. So the daisy is obviously our part of our logo. And that's one thing. She, Whenever she entered a room, she would end up on the laps of couples, always asking them what their love story was. Oh. Yes, she just, yeah, she, this is what I was mindful of yet again at the very beginning. Like I can't do her justice. Does that make sense? Yeah. You can't encapsulate it all. You can't because there was a lot. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a a spirit. Definitely. Definitely. I'm so glad that we can get to know her a little bit through you. Yeah, for sure. I'm also conscious of just like sobbing for the rest of the conversation. (laughs) That's all right. So I will ask you now. Mm -hmm. About the foundation. Yes. And when did that first come to life and what do you actually do? Marina and I obviously sat in silence for a long time. We still do. We have lots of pockets of that. But like I've said, she just had so much more to give to this world. It's given me an opportunity to parent her in the only capacity I've got left. In doing so, I feel like we're just one piece of the puzzle. And Late at night, sometimes I do think to myself, if a family before Allegra had done something, like I said, this is my opinion. I don't want to upset anyone. But you think of everything, right? So everything's quite irrational at times. But I think that's why we do it, so that we know that we have done whatever's been in our power for the family yet to be diagnosed. Because that's what it is, right? And it, it's very sad that it needs to be families who are grieving at the same time trying to make a difference. Yes. So the government since 2015 has given only $900,000 to DIPG treatment officially. And is that because they don't have faith in it being able I'm an, to? Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We started May 2018, so this year's our fifth year. Mm-hmm. We've given just over 1.5 million. And mind you, we've had two years of COVID with no events. And through our funding, so there are 20 kids each year that get diagnosed with a type of cancer. That's just one type of brain cancer, yeah. right, that Allegra had with a prognosis of nine to 12 months. Allegra's this year been gone six years. Mm-hmm. This is a big year for us because she was with us for six and now she's gone for six. Yeah. So mathematically, based on statistics, that's 120 kids who technically have passed. We've been funding this incredible human, Professor Matt Dunn. He works out of um, the University of Newcastle. He too lost his daughter Josie to DIPG. He was originally a leukaemia researcher. And when Josie got sick, he... Well, I'm not going to say scrap that because he's still working in that field, mm. but his focus was yeah. on DIPG. So we've been funding him and through his work he's opened up a trial, which I think there's 100 kids worldwide on it at the moment. And there's two little girls here in Sydney who are surpassing their prognosis at 30 months. 
which is unheard of Mm. worldwide. So I think for us that comes down to funding the right people and we chose to go through the Chalitio Foundation. So obviously Marino and I are no experts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we trust in his scientific advisory committee. He set up the Allegra's Army grant Mm -hmm. and we fund that and then they have researchers obviously apply for that grant and Matt's one of them. And it was at the Cocktails for a Cure event that I first saw you speak and Professor Matt Dunn, did you say? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, he was there. And hearing him, well, I think it wasn't even him who kind of. I think you've got a photo. Yes. The, no, that's, that's just the army in general. Yes. I don't think I had the one. For oh, the you did? Sorry, oh, sorry, no, sorry. that's okay. That was the the number of the how many kids you lose, what yeah, the time frame right. is, everything. Yeah. And then hearing it mm. be that these two young girls yeah. have lasted this long. Like, that right. is unbelievable. That's it very is. tangible yeah. growth and, and change and gives you hope. Definitely, of course. So, I mean, and uh, we've gone to this th- – third and final photo that we've got here, which is a whole group of people who you call Allegra's Army. That's right. Yep. What do they mean to you? Oh, God, they mean the world to us. So we obviously have a board who help us through our journey. We have a group of ambassadors who are very special to us. So we've got, well, Luke and Sonia Lewis. Well, yeah, those ambassadors are the reason that we know about That's right. So thank you. Well, thanks to them. Yeah. We've got Alex Perry. Mm-hmm. Ben Fordham. So Ben Fordham always emcees our. Oh, Ben's um, the best. Yeah, Ben's good. He emcees our galas. Ah, oh, yeah. He's the best. Alex yeah. Perry play footy. No, he's a designer. Oh. Beautiful. Adam Perry, I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say Tim. Alex Perry. Have yeah. you been looking at Alex Perry dressed as Nico? Yeah. <laughs> um, Timmy Manor. Oh yeah, yeah. Timmy oh, Manor's on board. Comedy night that night. Yes, that's right. Yeah, definitely. We've got uh, Charlie, obviously yes. Charlie Teo. And um, House of Emmanuel, so the jewellery designer, um, Emmanuel. And, oh, okay, Sid Tapia. Do you know Sid? Yeah, you will now. Yeah. Because Sid does all the NRL murals. You know, um, he's done E.T. and Gallant. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the artist. So he was our very first ambassador. Yeah. His daughter Skylar and Allegra were at kindy together. Oh. Yeah, he's, um, he's been phenomenal as well. But, yeah, so amazing group of ambassadors that obviously hold Allegra very close in their hearts. And then we have the extended army, which is obviously all the people that support us. Yep. Our corporates is along with just everyone. Mm. And I think it speaks volumes for who Allegra is. Yes. Um, that she has such an incredible support system. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's the point I wanted to make too, like so many of – Allegra's army never got to meet. Allegra. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. Yeah. yeah and what right. an impact. And just touched by her story and yeah, yeah want to make a difference in her honor. Definitely. Absolutely. What an incredible community that you've built. Yeah. In light of such tragedy. Definitely. Does it give you hope for I guess the the change that you can make when you have these people kind of come on board? Oh, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What have the like is there any particular conversation that you've had with, you know, some of these people who are your ambassadors or corporates or whatever when you've seen them, I don't know, be really affected by Allegra? Like is there any particular story uh, that comes to mind? I think just whenever I speak about her and then just giving people a greater understanding of who she very much so still is. Yeah. I hate saying was because she's the reason, like she's the fire in our belly, right? So yeah. she definitely still exists. Um, I think people are just moved by that. But that's love, right? And that's the only thing death can't take from you. Mm. Yeah, That's the truth. It's a quote that I had read many years ago, but until I was obviously put in this position. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the yeah. truth. I feel like it's a silly question, but I'm sure there are people who are wondering it when they're listening how do you find the strength to do this? Because, you know, again, before we came into the studio, you were saying that in terms of the running of the, the foundation, whatever, you're a bit of a one-woman show yep. and you're telling this story all the time and there's so much heartbreak that goes with it and that's not easy. And like you said, yeah. it's all so hard. How, how are you doing this? Because, okay, this is how I – I'm not going to say justify it because I need to justify mm. anything, but – if she was here, I'd be brushing her hair, right? 
So instead of brushing her hair, I'm responding to an email. Mm. Or like I'd be spending so much more time with her if yeah. she was here. Yeah. So for me, I I don't want to lose her time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. That I makes see. a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 I like the way you just put that. Yeah. I don't it's think like I've ever thought about it. Like school. Yeah. Like, because a lot of people have said, I don't know how you do it. If yeah. it was me, and I'm like saying, if it was you, what? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the beauty of choice. Yeah. I don't have a choice other than to do something. Yeah. That's how I see it. But it's true. Like, why? Yeah. It's just, it's a totally different capacity. Nothing that I ever would have ever dreamed of mm. when I gave birth to her. But it just has to be, I think, for me. Yeah. Yeah. So people, I'm sure, will be super affected by this story and your passion and what you've already achieved with Little Eggs. What's the best way that they can support you and your journey forward? You can follow us. That'd be lovely. So Little Eggs Foundation. Go to website llf.org.au. In September, so each year we band together with a group of cafes. We have over 100 Sydney-wide and they help us celebrate Allegra's birthday. So this year would have been Allegra's 12th birthday. Birthday's the 19th of September, but we pick the closest weekend. So this year it's the 22nd to the 24th. And on like our socials and obviously on our website, we'll have a map with all different cafes and we call it Coffee for a Cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gained great momentum, actually. It's really sweet. Um, all the cafes get behind us and, yeah, we're just it's the such a nice, seems all simple, but it's a lot of work still, <laughs> but it's a good way of creating awareness. September's also Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Yep. So it's, yeah, yeah. So just get behind your local cafe or if there is a cafe that wants yeah. to get on board, definitely there's still time. Yeah, so could we go to, a, we've got a cafe around the corner from our house. Yeah, If we definitely. went to them and had a conversation. Yeah, for sure. I've got, got like a proposal board. and stuff that Beautiful. I can um, pass on. So we just, we give them eight-ounce coffee cups, takeaway cups with our logos or story, depending on what we do each year, we do something different. And, yeah, that's how they just sell their coffees out of them. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's good. Well, what an incredible story and an emotional one and one that I think will sit with people for a long time. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. I usually throw to Nico for the last question of these sorts of things and I've I don't know if you saw on the notes, but I did do a little edit of this for you. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it to you, Nico. Yeah, when you said, yeah, she'll be upset. Like I am upset inside. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not much of a crier. No. Yeah. But I felt like I could have cried a river just then, but I just don't have the tears to come out. I don't know why. But yeah, my, my heart's very touched and it's unbelievable to hear and how strong you are and how strong your whole family have been. And I just can't believe that so many kind people like yourself have to go through this sort of journey. And um, yeah, look, I people listening, I hope, you know, when you said disclaimer and that, like they can't judge. No. You know, yeah, like, no. Unless you've walked in those yeah, shoes, like right. they, they yeah. have no right to judge anything you've been through, the way you perceive it now and the way you look at it. Like there's no way in the world anyone could ever be nasty towards you for the way you feel. That's mm. that's what you've been through. You've lived it. So, yeah, I hope no, no one can ever look at this right or listen to this and go, yeah, she can't say that. Yeah, no, no way in the world. Yeah. So yeah, don't let that worry at all because mm. you what you've what you've said and what you feel is how you feel and how you've been through it and you're allowed to do that. So yeah, look, usually I ask the question of um, you know, looking back at younger self, what would they feel of you right now? But Molly's come up with something, so I'll read it. She didn't warn me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. Well, I wonder if you might be able to share a piece of advice you've learned on I learned on during the last few years about getting back up in the face of hardship or dealing with grief, what advice or lesson that's helped you that you might be able to help others? I think the simplest thing would be to do it your way. Yeah, there's always going to be someone saying things should be done a certain way, but like you said just before, if it's not, if you haven't walked those in those shoes, mm. I mean, it's something Marino always says to me too, it's all about the people in these four walls, right? Yeah. For sure. If we're okay with our decisions and how we choose to navigate the rest of our journey, then it shouldn't matter. Mm. 100%. So I think just having confidence in yourself. Do it your to way. Do, yeah, what um, helps you sleep better at night really at the end of the day. That's all you can do, And right? then gets you up the next morning to do it all over again because that's probably the biggest struggle. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sue Ellen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ellen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, I feel very, very honoured to be able to hear you and share you on our platform and I hope that a lot of people get on the Little Legs 
journey, yeah. become a part of Allegra's army. Definitely. Can I just say we're, why we're called Little Legs? Oh, of course. We didn't even talk yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, Legs. Go on, Marley. <laughs> legs is Allegra's nickname. Yes. Oh, so nice. She was always Legs. Yeah. So we obviously put little because it's yeah. for children. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That, that is great. Great yeah. to know. Thank you for listening to what I'm sure was a difficult but important episode of When We Grow Up. Go and follow at Little Legs Foundation on Instagram. Yeah. Check out the website, as Sue Ellen said. And when it comes to September, get around Coffee for a Cure. You know, this is something that is is devastating for so many families and if any of us can can make a small contribution hopefully can continue to make the important change thank you for listening to this podcast being part of these conversations with us and yeah i don't even want to say subscribe and all that because really at the end of the day just share this episode with people yeah i think would be what i want to say as much awareness as possible definitely for sure and we'll catch you next time yeah thank you Thank <laughs> you.